Welcome to Early Learning Matters podcast. My name is Jackie Ward and I'm the Early Learning Coordinator at the Department of Education and I'm here today with my colleague Lisa Wicks and we are going to be talking about effective assessment in early childhood. Lisa, would you like to introduce yourself and your role? Hi everyone, my name is Lisa Wicks and I'm one of the Transition Advisors in Early Learning. Well today we're talking about assessment which I think is quite a contentious topic and is quite often um, framed in the conversation about documentation um, and I think it gets lost that actually the point of documentation is often um, to assess children's learning. So. We're here to talk about all things around the assessing learning side of things. Do you want to start us off with a provocation, Lisa? I'm wondering, Jackie, if you could tell us about what some of the challenges you, you can see and we can see every day in our early childhood settings for assessing children's learning. Uh, that's a really good place to start, I think, because a lot of people don't necessarily know and understand what the requirements are. What are the legislative requirements? So what are we actually required to document? And there's a strong focus in on not necessarily a style or a, an amount of um, documentation, but actually the requirement is to assess children's learning against the learning outcomes and to provide a program that facilitates the development against the learning outcomes. Uh, I think there's also a lack of engagement in the um, in the section of the early years learning framework that talks about assessing children's learning and really critically reflecting and analysing on what that means in practice. Um, I think that, as I said before, there's a focus in on format, not necessarily the learning, as in do I record this in um, the daily diary or am I doing learning stories or what's the format for um for capturing um, what, what people perceive to be learning rather than focusing in on how am I actually capturing and measuring children's learning. Um, and also too, I think this is a really interesting one that I'm coming across quite a lot, is a misconception that um, assessment has to be an objective observation. And I go back to my formal training um, as a teacher, and I think this is the, often the case with a lot of educators, that they've been taught, the, taught in that way to make a formal observation. It has to be a moment in time and it has to be objective about what happened and, and the experiences. But as we grow in our professional knowledge and understanding, I think we can move away from that type of objection and then add our own comments in, in there because that's our job as educators is to assess learning and make teacher judgments. So I think that's a common one. Um, would you have anything else to add there, Lisa? Oh, I think that last point that you made, Jackie, I totally agree with that. I think as we become more sophisticated in our own ability to observe children, we should be able to bring in that added information and to tell us and inform us of what's going on with the child. I mean, the early years framework asks us to bring in the external factors that we know about. So obviously bringing those in when you are observing a child can give us more information and can help us to assess on, I guess, a deeper level rather than just what we see, what are we going to do? So I think, you know, that comes with, um, I guess, maturity in our observation and maturity in our teaching. Yeah, I agree. And I guess that sort of leads us into a nice segue of what the Early Years Learning Framework actually says about assessment. Is there anything that particularly resonates with you from the Early Years Framework around assessment? Well, yeah, I guess, again, having worked with a lot of different um, educators and service uh, services over my career, and particularly this is almost always an area of, you know, um, 
that, that people are looking for to improve the ways that they're doing things and to make things more efficient and more effective. And so one of the things that I would really say is, you know, like doing a really critical analysis on what you're writing about, because assessment should be rich and meaningful. It should be full of information about what you know about what children can do, know, understand. And often I see that, I don't see that in when I see people's um, examples of what they've written about children, especially individual children. I see lots of, you know, like group um, observations dropped into individual children's files. I see, um, you know, occasionally that, you know, Johnny can hold the pencil correctly in pencil grip or he can use scissors or he uses his right hand or left hand. I see, you know, information like that, but I don't necessarily see in-depth information about, you know, how Johnny identifies with his culture and how he uses that to, you know, um, build relationships and all sorts of different things. So I think that's probably the thing for me is that have a think about whether or not you're capturing, as I said, particularly that last bit about what children already know and what they can do and what they and how they're understanding their world and how they're engaging with their world. It allows us an opportunity to focus in on strengths and op and identify opportunities for growth. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not about a deficit. When you make an observation, there's often a deficit about what someone can't do, whereas if we focus in on what knowledge that children already have, that's a great starting point for that. Yeah, I agree. And as I listen to you talk, Jackie, I think about when we do use assessment really effectively and use our um, observations effectively, we're really getting to what the essence of the child is and what the essence of the situation is. And um, I think I can picture in my mind very two different ways that we use observation and assessment. And really, the early years framework is asking us to look at the whole child. So really ensuring that the way we observe, the way we assess, gets to that essence and helps build the whole child that's key. And so I think that, you know, really working at that depth is really important for all for all of our educators. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and again, building on that, that, that assessment is the starting point of our planning for learning. So that's where we start. We have a rich knowledge and understanding of what children can do and where we're going to plan our learning for that individual uh, child. And it's the focus then of moving forward. So we might be working on a range of things that are similar across individual children that inform our group planning, but it comes from our knowledge uh, and understanding of individual children. And also, I guess that the information that we share with families should be based on assessment and clearly calling out the learning and what we are, as educators are planning to do to support that learning. Um, I often get um, my um, daughter-in-law shares the observations that um, where my grandson attends and, you know, there's often a conversation or, or some information in there about a whole lot of different things and I can see the learning that's happening in there, but the educators don't always point to that and I think that's a pretty common thing, particularly when we're focusing on that sort of daily diary style type of approach or, you know, a learning, you know, journal kind of approach to things. We're not necessarily calling out the learning. So I think that's, you know, one of the good places to start 
about is having a look at, you know, the way you're describing what you're doing in your space also impacts on yourself as a professional as well. Like what messages are we sending when we send information about, you know, the children had a lovely time in the sandpit today? You know, when we could be sharing information with families about children engaging with um, early um, maths and science concepts about volume, capacity, um, estimating whether or not, you know, two of these smaller containers will be able to, you know, fill this larger container. You know, those are the things that would be great to share with families, I think. Yeah, I agree. And again, as I listen to you speak, I think about the transparency around what we're doing. As early childhood educators, we know that that's what we're doing. So why not share that um, explicitly with our parents and our families to say, yeah, they are having a lovely time in the sandpit. And by doing this, these are the things they're learning. And I think maybe that's the next step of really being transparent and explicit about the learning that our children engage in every day when they're with us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and the idea too that we're calling out that, you know, this is this experience is intended to promote this learning, you know, so that that, you know, it, it's not retrospective. Well, it can it's retrospective as well. So you're assessing learning against the learning outcomes. But, you know, like we, we present information for families um, and for authorised officers and for each other as professionals that says this is our intent for learning as well in terms of progressing learning um, uh, against the learning outcomes because that's the next step in the planning cycle, isn't it, assessing learning the next time around when you've, you know, provided some experiences for, for children to extend their learning. Absolutely. And moving into um, assessment and what we can do to be more effective in that, um, Macquarie Uni has recently um, led a study on assessment in early childhood settings in New South Wales. Really, really interestingly, the case studies that they looked at didn't find any definitive evidence that the assessment strategies that we're currently using had an impact on our children's developmental outcomes. What do you think is needed in assessment to ensure that we have this positive impact? Yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought that up um, about that evidence there, Lisa, because I think it. I think the the correlation for me there, and again, this is just my opinion and thoughts on it, is that it ties back to the fact that we don't actually focus in on or measure the learning. So we're not doing the distance travelled. That's actually the you know I'm I'm using inverted commas here. Um, because that's the phrase that's used in the early years learning framework. You know, where are we saying that we can sort of show progress over time for children? And I think our current approaches and methodologies don't necessarily allow us to do that because we're not capturing, you know, that information. We're not going back and evaluating the learning, you know, within that assessment and planning cycle. And I think it links too to that idea that that's the, you know, if we think about how early childhood services perform against the national quality standard, that's one of the elements that people, um, you know, are more commonly not meeting. It's not to say that not everyone's doing it, but, you know, I think we need to have a really, really good look at that. Um, and it's also sort of led to our work in developing um, our tool, which we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later on, but the tool itself has been engineered to sort of capture that distance travelled and that cycle of planning. What do you think, in a nutshell, Jackie, what do you think are the key aspects to effective early childhood assessment? 
I think I'm going to punch some, you know, quick things out to say that yeah. this is what I think. Focus in on the learning. Whatever you write, anytime, any if you are not writing about learning, stop doing it. You're wasting your time. So is the learning clear and you're making the learning visible? Is that what's shining through about what you're talking about when you're writing something down? Because, again, if it's not, it's wasting your time. Spend time observing, listening and questioning children and record that because that's the key. That's where you'll find out what children know, can do and understand. That's where you'll capture it. Uh, our, our tool, as I said, is designed to support exactly that. You know, you collecting that information in more of a sort of a summary style approach. And think of the process of, you know, as a cyclical process where we assess, plan for learning and then evaluate critical effect on what we could be improved and how we could support children to learn and grow. So if what we've provided in terms of when we've captured the initial picture of where children are at, we've provided some experiences to support that learning to move it to the next stage, if they didn't work, what could we do it differently again to progress that learning to again map that distance travelled? I really agree and I think, you know, I think of myself when when I'm thinking about all of these things, I'm thinking of myself in those early childhood settings doing the observations and thinking, you know, sometimes we do get really caught up in what is this going to look like, how am I going to put this in the format that my centre or my setting is expecting, but at the end of the day, if we are really focused, as you said, on the learning what is a child doing? What are they learning? And how can I build on that learning so they learn the next part, they grow and they develop? Um, then that's what we really should be doing. And I like I like the part where you just said, Jackie, if you're not focusing on learning, stop. You know, yeah. that's a really, really great message in itself. Um, and that's a question that we as early childhood, early childhood educators can ask ourselves every time we're writing an OB. I think, you know, I think that'll be key to engaging to get, you know, engagement with this new tool too that we've put forward because, you know, a lot of people I think can imagine looking at it and saying, oh, that's a lot of work for me to do if I have to do that as well as all of the other things that I'm doing because we as as teachers broadly, I think, and that includes, you know, early childhood, primary and secondary, we're not really great at saying, oh, I'll take something on, on something new on, but I... I haven't actually sort of fished through what I could cut out if I'm going to take this new thing on. So I think that's going to be a key shift, you know, in practice as well to say, well, you know what, what am I going to drop off and what am I not going to do? And I'm going to say that I've rarely read, um, you know, some really high quality, you know, um, daily diary sort of, you know, observations. A lot of people say to me, oh, but the parents really love it. I'm going to guess they're going to love it even more if you share with them some really rich information about their children's learning. So I think that's probably a key step in, you know, in this process and engaging with effective assessment is really saying, what am I doing that's actually contributing to the purpose of why I'm writing stuff down and what can I let go of, you know? So I think that's really important. And I would also add into this, you know, because one of the things that I think um, has really deteriorated our capacity to focus in on the learning is all the picture taking that happens in early childhood settings now. And I think, you know, like, again, you take pictures or don't take pictures, but what's the point of taking a picture and to how much time is that taking, you know, in your yeah. day? And, yes, the families might like lots of pictures, but, again, I'll come back to the fact that if we focus in on the learning, I think they would be much, much happier knowing what learning is happening for their child in that space than be too bothered by whether or not they got 55 pictures at the end of each day, you know, so... 
Absolutely. Let's jump into our um, assessment tool and, and yes. yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the draft assessment tool that's been developed? So we started, um, I guess, you know, for our department preschools in the space where there was some intensive learning support that was initiated uh, in New South Wales schools uh, as a result of the learning from home phase, you know, and COVID last year uh, in 2020. So basically what we sort of... Um, sort of thought about and building on the work that um, other our other colleagues uh, within the department were working with Macquarie Uni on and that, you know, exploring formative assessment, we thought this is an opportunity for us to, you know, develop a tool. And I say it's a tool, you could, you, you might say, oh, it's more of a template or an approach to um, assessment, whatever you want to call it, we think it's going to be a great scaffold. And again, not mandatory, just up to you whether or not you want to use it, but it's been developed to really focus people, um, educators, on assessing, assessment of learning, recording the evidence of learning, progress against the early years learning framework outcome. It includes provocations to document the teaching and learning planning cycle. It's going to be, it's, it's, it potentially could be your one-stop shop. Assessing learning and recording the planning cycle for individual children within your um, service. So we do hope that it's, um, you know, that it's it's going to be a time saver eventually as people move away from other forms of documenting or, or what they perceive to be documenting children's learning and see it as a real um, tool to be able to communicate learning and all those sorts of things. It's got some, um, you know, it's it's there as a as a springboard, I guess, and people can, um, you know, tailor it to um, to their own needs and add bits and pieces that they like and don't like. And we've developing a, a raft of resources as well to be a bit of a guide and some examples as well and an annotated sample. And the main thing is in there that it's, as I said, it's really focused in on capturing the information that we're actually required to capture in terms of legislation and quality standards and how the EYLF expects us to assess children's learning. So we hope it'll be um, awesome, um, but I guess it'll be, you know, we've also included, um, you know, in our initial sort of phase some feedback from educators using it and to find out how we could better tweak it or what other resources are needed to support people to engage with it. Sounds really exciting, Jackie, and I guess, you know, we can go back to the point that you made earlier around uh, educators worrying about these things becoming, oh, it's something else. So just to clarify, you are proposing that this um, is not more work, but actually could cut down workload by um, efficiently and effectively using this assessment to then plan and using the planning cycle. Yeah, look, I think, you know, again, what's cutting back down on work, because it depends on what people are doing currently in terms of capturing that, what they're required to capture um, and what systems and processes. So I think that's probably going to be a bit up to the individual. I think probably in terms of making our jobs easier in terms of, you know, like focusing people on what we are actually supposed to do in terms of writing stuff down in assessment and learning. I hope that it will do that. Um, but again, either way, you know, people can take it or leave it and they can use it as they see fit. I think it's sort of it's really focused in on that blending of formative assessment and summative assessment. Um, we haven't really talked about that today. Perhaps that's an idea for another podcast. 
But, you know, the idea that formative assessment is about sort of, you know, using um, this tool, I guess, to assess whether or not your in, your interventions that you've been doing in terms of planning learning experiences have actually been working to support and uh, extend children's learning. And summative in the sense that you're sort of summarising the learning that's happening over a period of time, you know, in, in a few entries. And then right at the end, we've provided an opportunity for you to summarise learning overall and comment on what, some, what sort of teaching strategies were effective. And that's the information that you can then funnel straight into your transition to school statement as well. So we're, we're trying to sort of work with, you know, other things that help communicate to the next people that will be um, looking at, um, you know, supporting children's learning with the group of children that are then off to school. Obviously, that's um, not always relevant if the children are younger that you're observing and assessing, but it can still be, if we think about it, it's the transition to the next year, wherever that child is up to. So it's it serves a purpose for that as well, informing our work in the transition to school statement space as well. That's excellent. Um, it's really nice to know that when we're putting all of these things together for educators, we're really thinking about how all the parts fit together. So um, it's a consistent approach um, and it flows nicely across all settings um, because we know our early childhood settings are varied in, in how they work and how they're set up. So that's really exciting. So in conclusion, Jackie, how do you expect that the assessment tool will meet the expectations and requirements of effective early childhood assessment? I think the key to success with all assessment is the idea that um, educators approach their professional practice with an open stance and a commitment to ongoing and learning, ongoing learning and reflective practice. So that idea that you're sort of thinking about what you're doing and whether or not it's effectively meeting the requirements and working effectively for your own practice of however much release time you get or whether or not you do or don't and you know that idea that you're thinking about how you could work this um, you know fit in the requirements around what works for you and it means looking critically at your systems and processes that you've currently got and whether or not they're meeting your needs and whether or not they're meeting the legislative and quality standards and whether or not families see that information um, that you're providing as mean, meaningful evidence of their children's learning. So I think that's the key that we often don't ask families as, you know, we ask them, do they like the information that we're providing? And they might say, yes, we do. But are we asking them, you know, the question that's really the, the key question there is, does it give them information about their children's learning? I think they might answer that question a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, I look forward to hearing educators' journeys with engaging with the tool and and um, assessment in general, you know, like I think it's an area that we've got a lot of opportunity to, you know, build our capacity and um, be more effective in the way that we capture children's learning. Thanks, Jackie. This has been a really um, interesting and exciting talk looking at assessment and how we can do that more effectively in our early childhood settings. Um, I've loved hearing your knowledge and your um, understandings of effective assessment, and I look forward to hearing as well how our educators work with the ideas of the assessment tool to enhance their practices. Awesome. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Jackie.